The following podcast is brought to you by David Hayes. He is solely responsible for its content. Securities are offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice offered through CFCI and J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and CFCI are unaffiliated entities. The opinions expressed by David Hayes and his guests should not be construed as specific investment, legal, or tax advice. All economic and performance information is historical and is not indicative of future results. Investing may involve the risk of losing principal. Any tax advice on this show is not intended to be used by any person for the purpose of avoiding U.S. federal or state tax. Penalties may be imposed on such a person, and each listener should seek advice from their tax advisor or legal counsel on topics that arise from the show. David Hayes and his guests are not providing legal or tax advice. Nothing should be construed as solicitation or an offer to buy securities. You're listening to 2025 The Final Drive, What You Need to Win with David Hayes. David has been providing financial advice for over 25 years and is the host of Your Money with David Hayes radio show and podcast. He has been featured in high-level publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Kiplinger's, Fox Business, Forbes, and more. Join your host as he talks about his book, 2025, The Final Drive, What You Need to Win, an Amazon Daily bestseller. And now, here's David Hayes. Welcome to 2025, The Final Drive, What You Need to Know to Win. Of course, that is the metaphor on my football playing and coaching days because time is ticking, time is running out. The time to go is now. The 2017 tax cuts, they are going to expire at the end of 2025, giving us a real opportunity to act now and save ourselves from taxes, destroying our retirement accounts for good. We are in deep debt and we have to pay for it at some point. The CBO is selling us in the next 20 to 30 years, we could be $150 trillion in debt. I can't even imagine what that interest bill would be like. And that's when you have a sovereign debt crisis on your hands. So saying that, what are we going to do? Well, we want to give you some 2024 motivation for sure. Hey, did you know more people are turning 65 than ever before in America in 2024? That trend will continue for quite some time. You know, arguably the baby boom, the peak of the baby boomers were about born in 60, 61, if you adjust for some immigration. And these people are needing help. There's massive amounts of misinformation out there. When did that word become popular? <laughs> Much of misinformation. More and more people are getting their financial advice from TikTok. Yes, TikTok. It's hard to believe it. TikTok is an addiction for people that are not just, you know, 20 or 16. It's for like 50-year-old women, 55-year-old women, 60-year-old women, and men, mostly women. At least my wife is on TikTok. Some, not a lot, but her friends are on it all the time. And occasionally one of my buddies, he'll send me a funny video and I watch it. And then a next video comes. It's kind of like Netflix. You remember when it used to be a movie would come to the end? It would take a little bit of time for that little bar to go all the way to the end and then boom, the new episode would start and then all of a sudden it went to like two seconds, boom, boom, there it is. That's the way I feel like TikTok videos are. They don't give you a chance to digest what just happened, but that's where people are getting a lot of their information and advice. All right. So obviously 2023 was a interesting year because we had major changes in the rules for IRAs and other retirement accounts during 2023. And they were all enacted at the end of 2022. December 29th. So about this time of year that I'm recording this. So happy new year to everyone. If you're listening 
for the first time or for the 52nd time, we are appreciative of you being with us. All right. So Secure Act 2.0 enacted at the end of 2022 changed many of the rules for retirement accounts in 2023. For an example, the big ones are they required minimum distribution age changed from 72 to 73 with a further increase to age 75 in 2033. Listen to that podcast. I think it's fantastic because it lays out why I think they pushed the minimum distribution age out to 75. A lot of it has to be doing with the demographics I just talked about. A lot of it is. But what else? Required minimum distributions are no longer required from Roth accounts and employer-sponsored plans. So here's the, the rub on this. You put money into the Roth 401k. You are 73 now. Uh, you have left the employer or yeah, because one, if you're still with the employer, the RMDs are waived. You left the employer, but you still have to take required distributions out. Well, Roth IRAs do not have required minimum distributions, but a 401k with a Roth embedded in it did. So they finally fixed that and said, nope, you don't have to take it out any longer. But folks, just get it to an IRA, get it out of the 401k. It's a lot better to have everything under one category, because if you don't and you have IRAs, you have to take required distributions from your IRAs and your 401ks. If you have it all in an IRA, you can take it all from one IRA and it satisfies for all the IRAs. And that is pretty, pretty common stuff for sure. Another thing, if you have a trust for a disabled or chronically ill beneficiary, they can use still the life expectancy stretch for required minimum distributions. Remember those rules change. So now if you inherit an IRA, you have 10 years to get it out and you have to take minimum distributions over the 10 years if the person you got it from was already taking required distributions. But a Roth, again, has no RMDs. 10-year rule still applies, but you get to leave it in there for 10 years. But if you are a chronically ill or disabled beneficiary, you can stretch it out over your lifetime like the good old days, even if the remainder beneficiary is a charity. That's kind of interesting. All right. So also qualified life annuity contracts, QLACs as they call them, which basically pushes off a amount of money that would have to be used in the calculation for required minimum distributions. That went from 125 a person to 200 grand a person. And they go up each year with inflation. An IRA annuity overpayment can be used to satisfy RMDs of other IRAs. So what do we mean by that? Some of these annuities have payouts like eight, eight and a half, nine percent. Well, if your first year RMD is like, you know, four percent or less, and you had half of your money in an annuity and half in another IRA, and the annuity is paying you out eight, well, that actually can be used to satisfy the RMD on the other IRA. Now, you could have done that in the past, but it was a little complicated. But now they've clarified it and said, yep, it can be done. What else has happened in 2023, the top rulings? Well, the penalties, right, for inadequate RMDs decreased from 50%, which no one ever paid, to 25%, which I think everyone will pay, and 10%, they say, if timely corrected. So whatever that means. But I'm just saying, if you don't take out the RMD, it, the correct amount, it was 50% of the, that was the penalty of the amount you did not take out. It's now 25 which simply tells me that they're going to start enforcing that. What else? Qualified charitable distributions. Remember now it's 70 and a half, still 70 and a half. You can give money directly from your IRA to a charity 
And it used to be that you could not give it to a charitable gift annuity or a donor advised fund or stuff, stuff like that. Well, you can now use funds to, to fund a charitable gift annuity with an upper limit in 2024 of 53 grand. That is coming soon to a theater near you. Those are probably the big ones for the year. Um, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about the, uh, what what's happening in 2024? Like, what are some of the big things that are going into effect? So let me get my little cheat sheet out here and my glasses on. Well, here's one: IRA catch-up contributions will be indexed for inflation. Qualified charitable distributions, which has been a hundred thousand dollars limit, will also increase with inflation. Remember that our tax code's goofy because some things have never increased with inflation. Some things have like the limit on taxation of social security. It's been like 25 and 44,000, those limits for 50% and 85% forever. All right, what else? 10% penalty exception uh, for emergency expenses and 10%, there's just a bunch in 2024, 10% penalty exception for employers that offer um, an emergency savings account option. So if you have a savings, emergency savings account need, you can take money out without paying a penalty. 10% penalty exception for all plans and IRA. So it's for all of those types of things. The 529 to Roth IRA rollover starts in 2024. That's another big one. Uh, just There's several of them here, several big ones for 2024. Um, Catch-up provisions, I believe, in 2024 also have to go into the Roth on your 401ks, also starting next year in 2024. You can have your employer contributions, if the plan allows it, to go into the Roth side as well. So there's a lot of changes coming in 2024 as well. And remember, these Secure Act 2 changes, we had them uh, that came into play immediately in 2023. We had a bunch in 2024. We have some in 2025, some in 2026. We also have things that come into play in 2027 and even all the way out to 2033 when that RMD age is increased too. 75 for all those born 1960 or after. And like I said before, interestingly enough, that's the peak of the baby boom generation, 1960. Also why Social Security pushed their full retirement age out to 67 for people born, guess what year? After 1960. Remember, demographics, demographics, demographics. All right, let me talk about something else. So the next podcast, I'm going to talk about the value of moving to Florida to avoid some tax on a Roth conversion or Texas or Tennessee, you know, or, you know, all the tax, the states that don't have sales tax, but I want to talk about the value of moving to Florida to avoid tax on a Roth conversion. But I also want to compare and contrast moving from, let's say, Indiana to Florida. Let's talk about sales tax. Uh, anyway, I've got a whole episode on this, and it's going to be interesting because a lot of people, this is a dilemma for them. Do I become a resident of the state of Florida, or do I stay a resident of Indiana or Illinois or New York or whatever it might be? Everyone on the East Coast goes to Florida, so that's why I'm going to talk about Indiana and Illinois, and we'll talk about Ohio maybe, and, and definitely New York for sure, maybe New Jersey, all of those different states, South Carolina, a lot of people move there as well. All right, so here is what I'm going to talk to you about. I have a client who is establishing residency in Florida. Now, he likes Florida, but 
really motivated by paying no Indiana tax by doing so. What does it take? Oh, you know, you have to live there 183 days. You have to get a driver's license, register to vote. I mean, there's certain things. You can actually Google it, and it'll come up what you need to do. You know, it does say you need to own property. When I Googled it earlier, you can rent as well. That's not a problem. But you need to be established. Personally, I would be established, get your residency, then do your Roth conversion, right? Because if you did the Roth conversion where you're still an Indiana resident, then technically you probably would be paying the Indiana state tax as well, which, you know, with your state and your county and your local and all that kind of stuff. I mean, here in Monroe County, Indiana, you know, we're paying like 5%. Our, our taxes are high. So anyway, here is what happens. He is going to do one big bodacious Roth conversion and then be done. He'll have one year of excess Medicare premiums and then be done. One year of paying tax and it's over. I was talking to a guy this week that said, uh, when we were talking about goals for 2024, both professionally and personally, we talked about losing weight, be more committed to working out harder, things like that. And he said to me, David, if it makes you feel any better, I ate an entire pecan pie at one time at Christmas. And my wife was like, Dane, you know, there's like 3000 calories in each one of those pieces, right? So let's say you had six pieces of pie. Well, that's a lot of calories right? That's like three, six, nine, 12, 15, 18,000 calories, potentially. I, I said 15, but anyway, 15,000 calories. Is it better to do it all at once and get it over with? Or should you take an extra 3000 calories a day, every day for six days? I'm not a nutritionist, but I think taking it all at one time is probably the bit your best plan. And then be really good after that. Cause I think you naturally burn about that many calories a day anyway. And then you just Maybe don't eat a lot for the next few days after that and probably would be better to do it that way. So I think paying tax on a Roth conversion is kind of the same way in this case because he's going to do a massive one. And I told him the other day when we talked about this, you're paying the debts of future generations. That's what you're doing for your family. He's single. He's single. He's not married. He's 65. I wish we would have done it before Medicare age, but I couldn't get him convinced to do it. So here's, here's the math. He's got a million five, $1.5 million in IRA. He's 65 and he's going to owe by being in the state of Florida. He won't owe any, any state tax, but 37% pretty much. It won't even be a full 37 because his income is social security. That's it. So he'll have a portion, you know, at 10 and a portion at 12 and 22, 24, 35, and then 37, but a good chunk of it will be taxed at 37%. So I did the math on that. And I think that his 1.5 million, it's going to cost him about, oh, 500 and I'm going to say 550,000 in tax. Now that's a lot of money, right? But think about it this way. If he lives to 85, and I think he probably will, because he's a pretty healthy guy. His 1.5 million, if it money doubles every 10 years, I've done this math with you before, he would have $6 million in a Roth IRA at age 85, right? 1.5 to three and three to six. And then he leaves it for his kids. And let's say that his kids leave it in there for 10 years untouched. It rolls up to 12 million bucks, all tax-free. So what percentage did he pay on the $12 million? Well, if you divide 550,000 into 12 million, it's a little less than 5% tax overall that he paid. Now, what does he need to be aware of? Federal estate tax. I mentioned this in the podcast before that the federal estate tax has been nothing but a roller coaster ride since I started in 1994, you know, from 600,000, a million to five, 10 away, zero back, you know, back to five. 
and then doubled to like 10 million. Now it's 12 million per person. And it's set to get cut in half in 2026 when the tax code expires. So it could go back down to six easily. And if he's passing six million in a Roth, is that subject to federal estate tax? You bet it is. And so is his house and his life insurance proceeds and all that stuff. So he may have to do some additional planning down the road to protect some of this money from federal estate tax. And that's if it just stays where it is at six million. What happens if it goes back down? Which could happen, right? It goes back down to four or five million dollars. And then, you know, you got to remember, folks, with, with all this debt we have and the continual movement towards adding more and more debt and the fact that most of our money is being sucked up by Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid and interest on the debt now. And we're looking at 200, 300, 400 times GDP down the road. They're going to have to come up with the money somehow. So we focus hard on income taxes. Right. And on moving your retirement accounts out of the crosshairs of higher taxes. But federal estate tax is another one that, remember, when I first started in 1994, $600,000. That was your house. That was any retirement accounts, life insurance pros. Most people who had a reasonable lifestyle back then were subject to federal estate tax. Heck, we even had an Indiana inheritance tax back then. We don't have that anymore in Indiana, but we did. So I'm just saying that, yes, income taxes are a big deal, but... You need to be aware of the changes in the federal estate tax as well. So he might have a future estate tax problem. If he does, uh, see, 20 years from now, I will be 73, um, 4, 74. Um, yeah, my dad's still working. He's 76. I'll probably be around to help him with that. All right. Even a better idea. Move to Puerto Rico instead, right? Get the... <laughs> uh, I don't know what the requirements are to establish residency in Puerto Rico. I didn't look those up. Just move to Florida. I mean, you could avoid even more tax by going to Puerto Rico. That's what David McKnight did, right? My friend, the author of Power of Zero. And oh, by the way, if you Google him and his and and go, he'll have a his YouTube channel. And a really great episode of he and I doing an interview on my radio show, Your Money with David Hayes. And he broke it up in two parts, part one, part two. You know, it's pretty cool. It's really good. It's video and you can see me and you can see him kind of going back and forth on a couple topics. I really enjoyed that and hope to do that more in the future. We're actually speaking right now with folks to try to make this podcast on uh, on YouTube as well. So a lot of good things going on for 2024, and stay tuned, folks. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be an election year. We'll have information coming out probably on rules that might stick beyond 2025. If that happens, we'll have 2025, the final drive over time ready to rock and roll for all my loyal, loyal listeners. So thanks so much. I hope you had a great Christmas and happy new year to everyone. We'll be talking to you again on your money with David Hayes. Of course, that's airs every Thursday night on WGCLradio.com. And then also it airs on Saturday mornings live in the Bloomington, Indiana area. And then this podcast, we're going to start cranking them out at least every two weeks. So stay tuned for more to come. It's going to be a fun 2024. Take care, everyone. If you have any concerns or you need some ideas shared with somebody, please reach out. We're here to help. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The clock is ticking. Each decision that is made today will put more money into your pocket or leave you worried about your financial future. The time to prepare is now. The time to eliminate risk was yesterday. Let's partner to help those around us to make decisions that empower their financial future. If you would like to book David for a speaking event, please contact CFC at cfci.us. You can purchase his book, 2025 The Final Drive, 
by going to www.cfci.us and clicking on 2025 The Final Drive. 